fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy glory. Acton is your lead blocker for fantasy excellence, making all your football-related fantasies come true. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself, and we are in our speed. This is this is the speed show. This is the one where we're trying to hustle, 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 get done as close to kickoff as possible, and we're playing with like half an hour. 35 minutes, something like that. The last game just ended. We got to see two undefeated teams lose to two teams that were just absolutely massive underdogs. Real shocker. Eagles turned it over five times and just fell to the Jets. And, of course, the Browns knocked off the 49ers earlier. Wolf, how you doing? You ready? Yeah, let's dive right in. As you said, we got no time to waste. We're going to hit all our risers, fallers, injuries. We're going to try a new format tonight where we go position by position as well. See if that helps it flow quicker. Of course, we're trying to get you all the good stuff without skimping as well. And we'll have our early recap. We've got the 4 p.m. games just kind of wrapping up as you were hinting at, so we don't have exact snap counts and complete and utter usage from there, but we'll hit as many snap counts and interesting things from the 1 p.m.s, and then we'll scan those box scores real fast and then hit you with the early Week 7 waiver wire, ideally in 30 minutes or less. Let's dive in. Huh? Right. Uh, and like we said before, we, uh, we got a Sunday night football game, and it, it figures to be a real massacre. So – we still want to try to get you there on time, but I'm, I don't have a lot of hope for the Giants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, let's get right into it. We're Like Wolf said, we're going by position, so we're going to start quarterback. The obvious guy to start with is probably Tua. He completed 21 out of 31 for 262 and three touchdowns in their week six win against the hapless Panthers. Probably could have had more than that. Sat a lot of the fourth quarter, which I was happy to see as a Tua owner and just a decent human being because obviously like the guy should if, – if, if the game's out of hand, get him off the field. Um, you know, he could have had even more points than he did. I think he ended up scoring 28 fantasy points for me. But, I mean, he looked really good. What can I say? And the the Dolphins offense rolls as we all expected it to. Yeah, he, he really was just a low-scoring quarterback day in general, too. So, Tua might end up being the high scorer of the yeah. week. While you said only playing three quarters, really just impressive offense. It continues yeah. to just steamroll at levels that we have not really seen very often. Jared Goff yeah. also steamrolling 353 yards, two scores, now David Montgomery a bit banged up. When we get to injuries, we'll dive right. in a bit more. But they might need to lean on Goff even heavier. He just looks great. So poised. This is his team. This is his offense. They love him there. Love to see it for him. Uh, just going back to the comment on Tua maybe being the highest scoring quarterback of the week, don't sleep on Josh Allen. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Until Josh Allen murders. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> so far, though, I think he's in the clubhouse with the lead. Desmond yeah. Ritter had a pretty good game, too. Yeah, you didn't hear me wrong. That's Desmond Ritter getting a shout-out in the risers, studs category. 28 out of 47 for 307, two touchdowns, and to go along with three picks in their 24-16 loss to the Commanders. You know, three interceptions is never a great look, but if you look at just the overall fantasy production, he actually this is a pretty good fantasy game uh, for a quarterback, especially this week. Yeah, he's the, the fourth highest score quarterback as of now with the Eagles game wrapping up. Jalen Hurts did come in second, but only 22 points on DraftKings, at least for Jalen Hurts. So no real blow away performance. Jared Goff was the QB leader. Tua was second. Desmond Ritter fourth. 
uh, on that list. And the only other notable guy, I guess, is Derek Carr. He did get benefited from that 300-yard bonus on DraftKings, yeah. 20 DK points for him. Uh, but still just kind of mediocre. Just good to see him, though, slinging the ball a bit more. On to Fowler's at the quarterback position. Kirk Cousins, uh, without Justin Jefferson, you'd think that maybe this offense would stay afloat and continue to pepper. And just one game, we don't want to freak out, but 181 yards, just one score. Very mediocre day, especially when you add in a mixed uh, lost fumble there. So tough day without his main guy. And we'll talk about the wide receivers when we get there and the pass catchers who really ate up the work. Huh? Nobody. It just was much more vacant, not the offense that we've come to expect. And, of course, you don't think they're going to be as high powered with, uh, with Jefferson as they were um, with and without him. But ultimately, just a, a tough, tough performance from this Vikings team. And we're going to take the other side in that game that you were just referencing with the the Vikings, uh, you know, I wrote a, a scathing article saying get rid of Justin Fields when he had that good game like two weeks ago. Uh, then he had an even better game just about the next week. Um, and now he came back and, and now he's the Justin Fields that I was writing about. He went six for 10, 58 yards and a pick. He also ran eight times for 46 yards. Now he did get injured in the third quarter, but I mean, he was doing nothing. And it was against a Vikings defense that's really been pretty terrible this year. So uh, pretty unimpressive on both sides of the ball in that game. Yeah, I was expecting a real big shootout. We did not get it. Sorry, Chillard, if you're tuned in right now. He asked me for my highest over-under that I felt most confident. About 44 and a half was a smash with two of these offenses peaking. Obviously, Justin Jefferson going up. I, I figured they could still maintain court here with bad defenses. And no, we got nothing there. Just awful on both sides of the ball. And as you said, he did get hurt, Justin Fields. So you don't want to ever be like, oh, he's a follow just because he, he, he just didn't look good. At no, he was bad when he was getting hurt. It was that worry that turned into the punk we saw earlier. 58-yard passing in the third quarter. Yeah, not good. Not good. Not good for Brock Purdy either. Just 12 of 27, under 50% of his passes, 125 yards and one touchdown, a pick. Just gross. Three carries for seven yards as well. Really missed McCaffrey there down the stretch. Yes, it's a good Browns defense, but this was the worst we've ever seen Brock Purdy look other than that playoff game where he didn't have an elbow. So definitely a concerning (laughs) performance for him. But I imagine they get it right back on track. I'm not overly concerned with this one. Everybody was kind of missing for the the Niners. I mean, their kicker missed a field goal and he hadn't missed oh, all yeah. of them. So, I mean, just, one, of the, one of the craziest upsets. And then yeah. and the Jets game, like you said, what a wild Sunday of football. Insane. You know, those, those are the games when, when the those are the scores of games when stuff like that happens. It was 19-17 in the Browns Niners game, 14-12 in the Jets Eagles game, or 18-14 or something like that. Anyway. Right. Um Joe Burrow, he was underwhelming, and it says right here, underwhelming but looked mobile. And it's funny, I had exactly the same thought when I watched yeah. it. He went 24 out of 35 for 185 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. They did win in an ugly game. All these scores are the same, 17-13 over the Seahawks. I thought this one would be much more high scoring also. But I specifically I remember a play. I don't. I think it was in the third quarter or something. He got flushed out of the pocket. He ran all over the place, like yeah. evading people, evading people. And then he completed like a three-yard pass or something. But it was, it was <laughs> Drew Campbell. I remember, I remember the exact play. Oh, like, that was the least exciting gap off to the best we've seen Burrow moving around the pocket. Yeah, so yeah I think you, you summarized it perfect. Not a great statistical day, but good to see him moving around that way. Better days are ahead. Just yeah. good to see as he's felt as healthy as he ever has this year. Uh, it's good to see that actually play out despite the stats not necessarily matching it yet. Yeah. Eyeball test was passed for that sense. Baker Mayfield, 206 scoreless yards and a pick. Uh, one of the worst performances we've seen out of him. You know, he kind of crumbled in back-to-back days against the Eagles. And this, the only couple big tests they've had, they've failed. But still an impressive Bucks team overall. 
on the year, but definitely a lackluster day for this passing attack. Randing out the fallers and quarterbacks, and I don't even know. We, we can't really. No. I don't really think I could fall any further. But <laughs> 24 out of 33 for 200 yards and a pick in the Patriots. 21-17, week six loss to the Raiders. They are terrible, and he is terrible, and I don't have anything else to say about it. Anything else would just be twisting the knife. You got yeah, to I think it's a good point. He had nowhere further to fall. I just imagine we're not even going to see him next week. I think it's time for the bench. We'll see Malik Cunningham or Will Greer or something else for this Patriots team. Is this and the worst? He had bad drops around him. You know, he, we should have won that game. So I don't want to sit here saying it's all Max fault. It wasn't. The no, but it's dysfunction. It's time to just clean house and just and, and move forward. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to dump on him for this either. But but I mean, it was just. It, it, it's just really bad. Is this the worst Patriots team in your life? It's up there. Yeah, it's it's certainly up there. I, I've been very spoiled as a Pats fan. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, to, to I remember like some years probably when you were like three years old or something when they were like one in 15 got stuff like that when they're when their coach was dick mcpherson or whatever yeah, right um they were awful but this is the worst team i've seen of theirs and you know certainly since well before brady right uh, exactly so uh, most of my football life was brady even before that was bledsoe which wasn't so bad so yeah this is this is as pathetic as i've seen i mean yep. in terms of injuries at the quarterback position justin fields as we mentioned he was stinking it up anyways but then did head into the locker room x-rays were negative on his hand so he's going to get an MRI on Monday to see if there's any other damage. But hopefully it sounds like at least he avoided broken bones. We don't know if ligaments will be intact. I think everything should be okay there, though. And then Jimmy Garoppolo did not return against the Patriots. It was a back injury. He's just been getting kind of slammed all over the place. This is his second injury of the year. Hoyer did come in, filled in admirably, 162 yards, a touchdown, uh, one pick as well, but looked okay. It was interesting they went to Hoyer and not O'Connell, who had started that previous game, I figured the rookie might get another burn, but no, they, they wanted to give Hoyer the revenge game, I guess. Yeah, I heard Jimmy G actually went to the hospital. So, uh, Oh, did he? Wow, okay. I didn't realize it was that serious. I, I saw that headline. I didn't click on the article, but, it, I mean, it sounds like he got messed up pretty good. Wow, um, okay. Pretty bad. Um, all right, let's talk about running backs, risers, slash studs. I mean, this is the highest fantasy score of the week, and it's just this Dolphins, yeah. this Dolphins offense just churns them out. Raheem Mostert. Filling in quite capably for Devon uh, Achan, who is out for I think it's going to be four weeks. Yeah, uh, most most gets the nod. He played well behind Achan last week, but this week he seventeen rushes, hundred and fifteen yards, and two touchdowns. He also had three catches for another seventeen and another touchdown. And he got you know we talked a little bit about oh, Jeff Wilson's back, goal line work, whatever. I was not worried. They they gave it to Mostert on the goal line multiple times. Uh, when they could have gone to Wilson and he did punch it in. So just absolutely, you know, great game for Mostert. Best game anybody had all week. Um, they've proved they can plug and play. You actually commented their backup. Ahmed also managed to score a touchdown during garbage time in the fourth quarter. So if you play running back for the Dolphins, except not Jeff Wilson so far, um, you're going to eat. Well, Jeff Wilson was inactive today, Truth. So we don't want to come on now. He did not end up playing. He, he I, was I thought I saw him on the field. So no, no, Wilson did not play today. He ended okay, up on, not bad. I thought I saw him on the field. So okay. uh, so we will see when he comes back. But indeed, it was definitely the most hurt show today. And as you mentioned, still another 10 points, 11 points for him. And he was a guy I hyped up as a sleeper, so not bad. He ended up okay. pulling through for you guys if you use Savin Ahmed today. But yeah, Mostert was the absolute show. 41 of the 67 snaps. Him and Ahmed did run similar routes. 
does make you wonder, is Ahmed worth a waiver wire stab? Probably not. I do think Jeff Wilson will be back, and this is why you have to hold on to Jeff Wilson. I wrote about Ahmed and just the backfield as a whole coming into the, the week truth, and they had the 12th most carries in the league, but the most yards, most rushing touchdowns, most yards per carry. It is the most fertile run environment that is possibly out there. So, yes, whether it's Mostert, Jeff Wilson, if Salvin Ahmed is ever making starts, any piece of this backfield, welcome. And it sounds like Achan will be back after his four weeks. It's not going to be something that lingers was the latest report there. So if you can somehow buy low or if that owner is struggling and needs something and you can go get Achan, man, you're going to have yourself a league winner come your stretch run should he stay healthy. Travis Etienne, just another game. Four touchdowns now across his last two weeks. 55 yards, two scores. Not a huge day efficiency-wise because it was 18 carries just for 55 yards, but did have three catches for 28. Looks explosive, looks more decisive. Etienne has definitely been uh, – the duck could feed us some crow on this one, Truth. I remember me, you, and Mo. We came up, we filed on the duck, and he is uh, emerging victorious here. So if you're listening, duck, shout out to you. You were definitely right on Etienne. He is the man in this backfield yeah, and should have been a early second rounder at latest. Yeah, he was. I admit it. Chuba yeah. Hubbard, 19 rushes for eight, 88 yards and a touchdown. He also had a catch for two yards. Usually their starter is Miles Sanders. He's been out. This is better than pretty much anything Miles Sanders – has put Absolutely. up. Yeah. And yeah. he outsnapped Rashid, Raheem Blackshear, who was the other, only other running back seeing any time he outsnapped him five to one. So I don't yeah. know. It may be encouraging, but I mean, I mean, I did Carolina's gross all around, but you know, this is actually encouraging. If you're looking in a running back light league, you could do a lot worse than Chuba Hubbard right now. Yeah. You got to wonder if they keep the keys in Chuba Hubbard's hand after this was like you said, better than anything we've seen out of Miles Sanders. He, this is the third year trend now of him getting significantly more efficient and, and just looking better eyeball test wise in three straight years. I, I was really impressed with what Chuba Hubbard was doing. And there was a worry Blackshear might get the third down touches and make this more of a committee. No, 27 of the 42 routes went to Chuba Hubbard. Like you said, 53 of the 68 snaps as well for Chuba Hubbard. He was a dominant 80% touch, 80% snap, dominant workload. So if we get most uh, rather Miles Sanders out again, Chuba Hubbard, a high end. I had him at running back 27 spots above the ECR. Feeling pretty good about that one. Uh, and yeah. it panning out pretty big. Alvin Kamara, another one of those days where just looked mad, but it's hard not to put him on the riser list because he just gets so much work. 19 carries, 68 yards. Nothing great or impressive with that. But also another eight targets, seven catches for 36 yards. In terms of expected fantasy points, he now leads the NFL since returning. And expected fantasy points, he's underperforming that because he just – he doesn't look as hopeful for a more explosive Kamar after all the training camp reports because he's got his speed back. He doesn't look quite as bad as he did last year, but this is not the Kamar of old. The role is still very valuable, though, and he's putting up decent fantasy numbers because the volume is just monstrous. Uh, this is a kind of gross running back situation here. Yeah. Alex Madison dominated the workload in the Minnesota backfield, uh, backfield, but, I mean, he did that rushing 18 times for 44 yards. That's less than two and a half yards a carry. He also added four catches for 28 yards. Uh, he was second on the team in targets. This yeah. this is, seems more like a commentary on just how awful they were, but he did dominate the workload and the snap count and everything else. Cam Akers rushed once for eight yards, so that was mm -hmm. not too exciting. Although his, his uh, <laughs> yards per carry was like three times higher than Madison's, so I don't know, maybe they should maybe they should have given it to him a couple more times. But, yeah, we talked about the Vikings and, and how bad they stunk up the joint. That was passing game and running game. So yeah. It was Not just a matter of it had been getting closer and closer to a 60-40 last week. It seemed like Akers was earning more and more work. And he, he's always looked better than Madison ever since he's been on this team. He's been much more efficient. Was again today, even though it was just two touches. 
But ultimately, Madison was much more entrenched at that start at 45 of 57 snaps, 20 of the 33 routes. He was pretty much the every down back. I still think Akers, though, despite this discouraging usage, he just, again, passes the eyeball test more. This is, I was, I was want to say a high-powered offense, but without Jefferson, man, like you said, this was a definite downgrade overall as a unit. But Madison seemed to be that workhorse. Tough to figure out what's going on here with this Cleveland yeah, backfield. Want to hear your wanted. thoughts? Yeah, seventeen carries, eighty-four yards for Ford. Looked really good too. I mean, that's five yards of carry. Bags against one of the best run defenses. I saw some cuts out there. I said, "Oh, yeah. this kid is this kid's impressive." I really like what you're watching him run. Two catches, seven yards as well. Uh, but the, the workload was definitely closer to a fifty-fifty. Your Kareem Hunt also looking really good. Twelve carries, forty-seven yards, and a touchdown. And again against the 49ers. this is no joke of a defense. And he also had three catches for 24 yards and seemed to get more of the short yardage work. Ford was the primary third down back, got more of those snaps, but Cream Hunt did get three of the four short yardage uh, snaps there. Third downs did, again, get dominated by Jerome Ford, eight of the the 12 snaps there, so 75% going to him. But certainly more involvement from Hunt. It kind of became became a thing where Hunt and Pierre Strong were about like 40% of the work combined, and then Ford was 60% before now it just was Hunt was like 40, Ford was 60. So a little bit more clear-cut roles. It makes Hunt, who got dropped in a lot of leagues, intriguing, especially again because he's got that short yardage role. Uh, that does put a little bit of a thorn into Ford's side if he's not going to get those goal line looks, those touchdowns, because he had scored some some decent amount there. Looks like Hunt's back in that role, and he was rumbling. I don't know. Did you see much of that game? Like Hunt kind of yeah. had a couple powerful runs there. I looked good, but I mean, I thought Ford Ford looked really good too. Me too. You know, yeah. I, I think I, I'm a Ford owner. I, I was one of the people that that – blew all my money that week to get him. It was, you know, he was the the flavor of the week that week and I got him and I don't feel bad about it. I mean, he's good. He's a starting running back yeah. on most people's fantasy teams, even now, even sharing the workload. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Brian Robinson, uh, he rushed 10 times for 31 yards. This was another gross game, the, the commanders and the Falcons. He did add two t- uh, two catches for 25 and a touchdown. His He did score on a 24-yard screen pass. Other than that, he pretty much did nothing. He's rushed for 45 yards or less in three straight games. And, you know, we were high on him for a little while. He has really stunk up the joint recently. Yeah, he was supposed to be on the uh, the meh guys. Not yeah, a meh yeah. guy, though. Ken Walker was 19 carries, 62 yards. So I guess a meh in terms of efficiency, but yet another touchdown. That's now, I believe, his sixth score on the season. Fourth touchdown from the one-yard line. He has been a rock-solid, you know, fifth, sixth rounder. We've dealing with that rib injury in camp. What one of the better values in the league, and especially 56 of the 73 snaps, dominating the work, more involved in the passing game as well. 27 routes, that was a season high, well over 50% of the routes. This is an every down back in an offense that's towards the top half of the league and certainly likes to give him cap-off chances. So great game there for uh, for Ken Walker and certainly great involvement and role as well. Uh, did, you got Kyron Williams here. Do you do you want to talk about his 4 p.m. game? I don't know his we'll, number. We'll do a 4 p.m. box score scan at the end of everything like we always do. All right. So. Well, let's get into the Colts then. Their running backs actually had a pretty yeah. close to even split in the backfield. Jonathan Taylor, uh, who played 33 out of uh, the 78 snaps, I believe. He rushed eight times for 19 yards. That's gross. Yeah. Adding five catches for 46. I saw, I think, the one really good play he had. He had a catch for like 20 yards or something yeah. like that. Um, it, it did not look impressive. I have to say Zach Moss rushed seven times for 21 yards, which is only marginally better. He also had a touchdown. They lost that game to the Jags. This was another one of those just like man, these games all kind of the same. They were all just like low scoring, 
like no one did much games. He did add six catches for 38 yards. Um, and it says here, obviously, he scored the touchdown. It's great. But there's no denying that his role took a huge hit with the return of Taylor. Moss was dominating the backfield, and now he's basically 50-50 sharing time. But neither one of them really did much. It seems like seems like one of them could still win the backfield if they did something. Exactly. You got to imagine the money. You know, all that will eventually favor Taylor, and they will turn over the keys to the pass yeah, Moss is making it hard, though. He's clinging to this role. He's still really efficient. He scored that touchdown, looking good as a receiver. I think the big reason why he ended up out-snapping Taylor today, only by five, though, much closer margin than last week when it was nearly 80% Moss yet again. Uh, but the reason why it was two-minute drill is where we really saw Moss dominate, and that kind of makes sense. He's been with the team longer. He has more familiarity with when they're really t- putting that no-huddle offense out there. I do imagine Taylor will eventually get worked in, and just encouraging to see how involved both these guys were as pass catchers. That probably wouldn't have been the case with Anthony Richardson, and even though I like Richardson as a whole for this offense – the backs probably benefit from a pretty big, big time year when the American that vulture of Anthony Richardson, plus the dump offs from Gardner Minshew, he really targeted the position heavily today. Both Patriots running backs, another just mess, interesting, like it's not really a riser or faller. Just kind of wanted to note that both of them scored touchdowns. Ramondre had 10 carries for 46 and a score, 24 yards on five catches. An okay day for him. You know, be- the best day we've really seen from him in a while goes to kind of show you how bad his season's been. And then Zeke, seven carries, 34 yards, and a score as well. He did have a 75-yarder called back. Uh, so ultimately, that was uh, disappointing for him. His, his stats could have looked a whole lot better. We go to the Faller section, and we we did one of the ones Dick I Robinson said. Already. Probably should have been in the Faller section. But anyway, yeah. Faller studs, Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, they both ran the ball 13 times. Bijan got 37 yards out of it. He did add five catches for 43 Algier rushed for his 13 times. He got 51 yards. Um, what was interesting is that they tried several times to punch the ball in from short yardage yeah. with Algier, and he, he never made it. Uh, neither one of them looked too good. I mean, it, he's been referred to, Algier has been referred to a bunch of times as a thorn in the side of Bijan Robinson owners. I would say that is a, an apt description, although, right, like I said, neither one of them did much. Yeah, just annoying to see how Algier continues to be involved, especially at the stripe, like you alluded to. Bijan, though, saving his value with the receiving role. No Patterson, at least, getting mixed in. Then it could have got real ugly. It seems like that we don't have to worry about anymore. Uh, still, though, you'd love to see him get a few stabs at the goal line, especially with Algier struggling there right now. Joe Mixon, another day with almost all the snaps and another day with Ho-Hum production. He was our lower of the week, and it's kind of what we expected. 12 carries, 38 yards. Ew. Three catches, 24 yards. Eh. It's just a <laughs> day. It's just nothing good about Joe Mixon right now even though he's the a dominant workhorse in an offense that seems to be ascending. I still think he's an intriguing buy low. They'll have the buy this week, but it gets fully healthy in my mind. And, and maybe they come out of the buy flaring on all cylinders. And it is still an expected role. It's one of the best in the leagues. He's just not doing much with it. I don't know that he will, but I don't know that you have to pay much to get him either way. The Bears running backs did about what I assumed they would do, which is yeah. nothing. Deontay Foreman, 15 rushes, 65 yards, one catch for two yards. Darianton Evans, who was their change of pace back, rushed nine times for 32. And he also had a whopping one reception for a whopping two yards. Not a whole lot else to say. No, not much there. Uh, ultimately, it just kind of goes to show when Roshan comes back, the door should be wide open for him to take back over this backfield uh, while Khalil Herbert is on the IR as he got moved to earlier this week. And then Keaton Mitchell, you know, the guy we want everyone to stash, the speed, the lightning, doesn't get a single touch, doesn't see the field yeah. today in London for the Ravens. I still, if you have the space, you could hold and see if this gets into fruition, but 
At this point, they seem very satisfied with Edwards and Hill, even though it's a gross man committee. It doesn't, I, I don't know. We'll see with Keaton Mitchell. If he can hold one more week and see if, if this is the first time he was potentially going to be activated. He's still an undrafted free agent, though. I don't know that he's ever going to get forced onto the field, even though we all want to see him because he looks so good in the preseason. He's the third fastest 40. I get all that. But at the end of the day, if he's not going to get on the field, it doesn't matter. You don't want to burn a roster spot too much longer. And I personally cut him so I can move Tank Dell to my IR and pick up somebody to stream myself. So uh, you can drop Keaton Mitchell at this point. The dream seems over. Consider him dropped. Although, thank you for like the 35,000 clicks we got. Yeah, um, seriously. We appreciate it. Um, The Bucks running backs also stink. Rashad White rushed seven times for 26 yards, caught three balls for 12 yards. That was no good, of course. Now, I mean, the the Bucks scored six points. So, you know, obviously nobody really did anything. But, uh, yeah, running backs were a real dud this week. Horrible. And in terms of injuries, David Montgomery – Left in the game in the second quarter. Rib injury did not come back to the game. Certainly some of the monitor fell on the ball. Looked pretty awkward when that happened. Not great at all. And then the big one, of course, though, is Christian McCaffrey. Oblique injury did not return to the game against the Browns. He tried to reenter, then left again, went to the locker room and cleared discomfort. Uh, I would be shocked if he doesn't rest for at least a game or two. Craig Reynolds for the Lions situation. Of course, Jordan Mason looks like he will probably be the blow-it-all type of Waiver wire pick, depending on what this injury looks like for Christian McCaffrey. Certainly something to monitor. We're about to head to wide receivers. Wolfpack, as we get over there, please do consider that thumbs up button. It really does help us. It gets out to more people. If you're new around here, consider subscribing to the channel as we make that climb to 5K. We'd love to hit it this year. And you guys have been great so far. So love to have more and more of you with us. On to wide receivers. Wide receivers, the timeless Adam Thielen, 11 balls on 13 targets. 115 yards and a touchdown in that ugly week six loss against the Dolphins that we alluded to before. I mean, I, you know, like he, he, you know, he's, he's another guy who's just completely unsexy and he has been forever. He's always been unsexy, but the guy, the guy's a really, really good NFL professional receiver. He especially, I mean, he catches tons of touchdowns and he's clearly the security blanket for whoever happens to be playing quarterback. It was Bryce Young in this instance. Uh, for the Panthers, in comparison, DJ Chark caught three balls for 26. Jonathan Mingo caught two balls for 21. Obviously, I mean, the aerial pie belongs to Adam Thielen. By a wide, wide margin. We've seen this before, too, with aging veterans. Larry Fitzgerald is a good example yep. where dominant, a really good outside receiver, seemed to be kind of struggling and then gets moved to the slot and just has a resurgence for a year or two. Adam Thielen, he's no Larry Fitzgerald, but we're seeing that kind of similar arc here with him and it, it beautiful to see and i'll just confess my worst fantasy sin of the year so far after his week one done and i had Thielen. he was one of my my most owned guys in best fall he's he's carrying a lot of teams right now love him i cut him in week one after it in the main league one catch like six yard performance i was like and this offense looks so bad i thought he was going to be the main vein wasn't at all see you later oh man if i had him in my league i might be five and oh at this point so i just got to get that off my chest uh a heartbreaker i'm not perfect that's so sad and very far from it. Let's put it that way. And certainly Adam Thielen being cut is one of the big glaring concerns of mine right now. Jalen Waddles, nine targets, 51 yards on seven catches and a score. Not to be outdone by, of course, Tyree Kill, though, going for, what, 160 touchdown, 10 catches. Just you a, a backflip in the end zone. Yeah. I think that got flagged for the, the flip. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, man. He is just so damn good. Uh, this offense is so damn good. What a great, uh, unstoppable passing attack. 
talked about Desmond Ritter earlier. Well, he was throwing to Drake London a decent amount. That's a guy that like has been really disappointing, I would have to say, up to this point. He got 12 targets. He caught nine of them for 125 yards. 12 targets tied a career high for him. And um, the nine receptions, the 125 yards, also career highs. So I don't know if you're looking for a bright spot here. We have always thought that London had the talent. We we're kind of waiting for him to break out. It's a pretty good game. Yeah, it's really never been an issue with him. It's just a matter of how game specific it is. When they have to throw, they keep the air of the ball. He looks good. He's been targeted before, but nothing like this. Some of those catches, too, huge degree of difficulty, contested grabs, the, the moves of an alpha. I mean, honestly, you give this team a quarterback that could actually sling it more often, he would be a top 12 potential receiver. So, so talented. Just can't wait for him to finally get unleashed the right way. Jamar Chase, 6 of 13 targets, just 80 yards, but, man, that whopping 37% target share. Yeah. Better days are ahead, and they have the easiest schedule down the stretch run. So I think Chase, if his owner is, is freaking out at all or – he hasn't had the best of starts. He had that one monster last week. Otherwise, he's been meh. If you can somehow squeak out, I know you're not going to be able to buy low, but buying below what I think the rest of the season will be for him, which is maybe the best player in fantasy yet, certainly a wide receiver. Uh, if you can get him on this bye week and his owners is hurting, definitely try to take a plunge. Gardner Minshew has played significant minutes, significant snaps in three and four games this year. And in three of those games, Michael Pittman has seen at least 11. He got targeted 14 times today, caught nine of them for 109 yards. So he is the the clear number one option here, especially when Minshew's in there. But I mean, really all the time, but especially Minshew looks to him more and more and more. They did, of course, lose that game. We talked about that. Josh Downs was second on the team in targets and got the only passing touchdown of the day that Minshew through he caught five balls for 21 yeah so at least we got in the end zone kind of bailing you guys out for streamers there me included 32 percent rostered certainly a guy to be looking at on your waiver wires if he's out there brandon i you 10 targets 37 percent share that's all good four catches 76 yards and eh, pretty mediocre leaves you wanting more but with debo banged up with mccaffrey banged up he might be the ultimate bane of this offense for a week or two so definitely seems like he's trending upwards the share was there. The production didn't follow. I think better days will be ahead if he gets 10 targets more consistently. Second time this season, Terry McLaurin was targeted at least 11 times. He was targeted 11 times today, caught six of them, 81 yards. Not bad, not amazing, but encouraging that he's getting those that many looks from Sam. Yeah, after last week, that was Logan Thomas seeing the 11 looks, at least right. for getting McLaurin as involved as he should be. Right. Nico Collins leading the team in receiving four catches, 80 yards. Six targets, not exactly a hog day, but good to see him at the top of the leaderboard. No tank Dell, still getting it done okay. Uh, but you'd like to see a little bit more, actually, to be honest. Take the next one, Wolf. I'll be right back. Olave gets 10 targets, seven catches, 96 yards. Just overall seeing the trend upwards for Deshaun, uh, rather, uh, Derek Carr there, 353 yards. The pie is, is growing as the AC joint heals a bit more, and Olave was back to that main vein of the attack. Amari Cooper caught four balls on eight targets for 108 yards in the Browns. Week six, shocking win over the 49ers. And this is a Niners defense that was no joke. And it was also P.J. Walker under center for the Browns. That's right, P.J. Walker. And I have to admit, I was really pulling for the Browns, and I was really pulling for him, especially after that dipshit Deshaun Watson just didn't play again. Yeah, I know. That that was such a great win. Uh, And and Cooper looking to be proof. He can get this done with P.J. Walker. Honestly, he's been at his worst when Deshaun Watson's playing. Uh, it just true. goes to show Walker wouldn't ruin Cooper if we have to lean on this for uh, future games. And I said that in the broadcast today. Glad to see it. It ultimately came through uh, for you folks. Eight targets for Tyler Lockett, six of them for 94 yards. The guy is just sitting and churning and continuing to go. D. 
DK Metcalf did out-target him with 10, but he was far less productive with just four catches, 69 yards. He had a, a tough hit on his hip that was already injured entering the game. He had to go off the field for a bit, came back in, and it did not seem overly limited, but just something to monitor. He has been a little dinged up throughout the year. We've just had kickoff in Buffalo. We probably got about 10 more minutes of material, guys. We're going to finish up the wide receivers, tight ends real fast. Wolf's going to throw a little bit of a early waiver action at you. Uh, I'm watching the game here. I'm sure I'm sure all of you can see the game also if you want to. But if you're still going to hang with us for the next 10 or so, we sure do appreciate it. I got to say, I thought that DK, he caught four balls for 69 in that game. Every time I, I was watching, it seemed like he was catching the ball. It's, it's uh, To me, it seemed like he had like 120 yards yeah. and just like, you know, uh, alpha dogging guys all the time. So that, that, I'm surprised to see his numbers were that low. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Kirk, who's become just a real steady, reliable fantasy guy. I mean, I have him in my starting lineup. He, like, I, I've rolled him out the last couple weeks. I caught three balls for 49 yards and a touchdown. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I'm running. I'm, I'm wide receiver light. I'll start that guy. Gets me 12 points. I was happy with it. Cool. He was out-targeted by Ingram and Ridley. But, I mean, you know, he, he made it into the end zone again. I'm not complaining. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, four catches, 42 yards and a score. Back-to-back day. You know, this is his third straight useful day, third straight day with a touchdown. Uh, the guy just getting it done over the middle of the field. Howell has clear trust in him. He's probably what we were hoping Jahan Dotson was going to be, who is certainly one of the biggest followers on this list and just in the NFL. Uh, but Curtis Samuel, a riser in his and within Dotson's just complete plummeting here. All right, going to the duds. We we talked about every manner of the Vikings team sucking, so we might as well talk about the receivers specifically. You and I <laughs> did one too. It's like if you're a Vikings fan, watching it, we're talking about the team. Like they won, we get it. Just fantasy wise, what a disappointment compared to what we're used to. Well, it reminds me of a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about all those insane numbers from uh, Devin Achan, and then we were like, oh, by the way, the Dolphins got blown out in that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the Vikings pass game. So you and I, one of our disagreements we had on Thursday, it was a mild disagreement, but we didn't agree on this. I said I liked Osborne more than Jordan Addison. Well, the answer was they both were pretty bad. I think that you ended up, you would have ended up going with Addison. You would have gotten a couple more points because he did get into the end zone. But here's here's their staggering stat, stat lines. Addison caught three balls for 28 and a touchdown. Osborne caught four balls for 48. So it's not like either one of us was setting the world on fire with these picks. Addison did have a slightly better fantasy game. Brandon Powell also caught three balls for 20 yards. So, uh, yeah, nothing to be too happy about if you're a Vikings fan. And, and again, they won. They did they win. They won, but just a fantasy fan of the Vikings, not to <laughs> enjoy. We did see TJ Hawkins lead the way with eight targets, six catches, 50 yards. Even he kind of underwhelmed as the target leader right. there. And as mentioned, Alexander Madison's seven targets were actually second on the team, which is another reason to be a little bit worried about this post-Justin Jefferson attack. It was only one game, but also it was against a pretty weak secondary of the Bears. So something to just be a little bit, little bit hesitant there. T. Higgins, we kind of mentioned, one of the worst yeah. uh, picks of the year so far. Two catches, 20 yards, four targets. Not really a decoy, but not really a great full-time role either. Eh, eh. Just the buy is here. Let's hope he's better, but I'm not trying to buy lower. And this just feels like a cursed player this year, but I'm not trying to have a p- any piece of right now. I mean, DJ Moore had a game, five balls on eight targets for 51 yards. Most of his damage came, and it's not much damage, but most of his damage would come in the fourth quarter when Tyson Bajant, is that how it's pronounced? Bajant? Bajant? I don't even know. Anyway, well, he was, he was, he came in when Justin Fields got injured. You know, not ideal, maybe playing for a, a backup rookie quarterback, but it's not like he was doing anything with Fields in this game. I mean, they, they did have one or two 
big connection games this year. But let's face it, overall, DJ Moore has been pretty disappointing. But he did have that one just insane fantasy game that's elevated his numbers for the year. Well, he, he had much. two in a row, and that's why I kind of put him on well, the ball. He, he had like 25 and then 45, and like back-to-back weeks. It was looking like this offense was finally well, finding its stride. It just as a whole – the entire offense those, taking a massive step back, including. I mean, those were the ones, right? Well, Fields has had two games too. They're the same games, exactly. Right. And so, um, I mean, they're they're, 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 they're they're tied together. I mean, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for sure. Calvin Ridley just eight, uh, four catches, thirty yards, eight targets, led the way on the team, but very weak production in a very burnable matchup. Yeah, we just saw DeAndre Hopkins putting up 150 yards and 11 catches against this Indianapolis secondary. So you, we wanted a lot more from Calvin Ridley. It doesn't seem like he's going to be a true bona fide wide receiver one, more like a middling wide receiver two at best and consistent. You know, Kirk's been the one that's really been actually steady for this offense for the majority of the year. So definitely disappointing effort for Calvin Ridley, despite pacing the team in looks. Yeah, I really liked Ridley in the preseason too. But right, right now, I'd almost, I think I'd probably rather have Kirk. Elijah yeah. Moore, time to cut him. Four balls on seven targets for 19 yards. That's all I got to say. I mean, he was yeah, second on the team in targets behind Amari Cooper. He put up 19 yards. I think I'm done with this guy. He, there's no reason to keep holding this guy. I caught him a while ago, about three weeks ago, but he's still about 45% rostered. No Waste of space. Waste of space. As Jahan Dotson, 70% rostered. Time for him to kick to the dirt. Uh, no catches. One target. Should have caught it. It was right there for him. He had all the field in front of him. It, it would have been a long touchdown, and, and he should have had it. He just looks completely lost out there, uh, not looking well. And, and I mentioned Mike Evans. I benched him for uh, – I benched rather Derrick Henry for him. Did not come through for me. Four catches, 49 yards on 10 targets. That was not the right play. Godwin ended up outproducing him. Six catches, 77 yards uh, on seven looks there, though. So Evans led the way in looks, but ultimately Godwin did more damage with him. Two injuries on wide receivers. One a lot more significant than the other. Debo Samuel was ruled out of the game against the Browns. He was injured. Shoulder injury. Um, and they say that it's not too serious. So hopefully we'll see Debo back right away obviously losing him as a weapon losing McCaffrey as a weapon having every possible thing go wrong and then they still lost by only two points to the Browns the Niners will be okay and it seems like this injury is not too bad Alec Pierce also got knocked out of the game with the Jaguars with a shoulder injury we don't have much more information on that yet no not at all let's move to the tight ends wrapping up Rogers and injuries we got Kyle Pitts yeah we've bashed this guy enough now back to back weeks Six targets, four catches, 43 yards, a score. Not to be outdone, John, who they're coexisting here. Also had five targets, four catches, 36, and a touchdown. It, it, it's going to be sketchy. We don't know that we can consistently rely on it. It requires them to be playing from behind. But we're at least seeing that when they are behind and when they have to throw, at least there is going to be something there. It's just a matter of how are the games going to flow for them. Today it worked out well, and both these guys coexisted. And I do think you can feel better about starting either one of them, including Pitts, moving forward. Dalton Schultz took advantage of the fact that Nico Collins was locked in a battle with Marshawn Lattimore. He caught four balls on seven targets for 61 yards and a touchdown. We've seen how low the bar is for tight end production in fantasy this year. This qualifies as a monster game. Yeah, three straight weeks now with quality stats for Dalton Schultz. I think he could be an every week starter. He's about 50% rostered, so check your leagues there. In terms of followers, we mentioned that Hawkinson a little disappointing as the main vein. 50 yards on six catches. Even more disappointing was George Kittle. One catch, two targets, one yard. The worst day he's ever had in his career as a starter. Tough, tough sledding for George Kittle today. And tough for the next guy on this list. Yeah. Logan Thomas, he caught one ball for two yards. Uh, that, I, is, I, 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 <laughs> huh? 
doubled up Kittle. <laughs> well, right, I was going to say Kittle. very similar. I also just want to say, you know, yeah, Hawkinson was a little disappointing. I think it's doing a real disservice to the guy to call him a disappointment and then call George Kittle a disappointment. One of them caught one ball for one yard. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that is just heart it's, it's just terrible. Just terrible. Anyway, that does it for tight ends. You want to talk about a couple of these line injuries before we go on and uh, hit some waiver guys? Yeah, and the 4 p.m. block score will quickly scan as well. But Trent Williams did go down, as did Lane Johnson, two of the most important tackles in football. We saw how much under pressure Jalen Hurts was, Brock Purdy was, both those guys. It, I mean, two of the biggest upsets of the day. I'm not saying the tackles were the key only reason for the loss, but they were definitely getting higher pressure rates without their two stalwart sure, tackles sure. there. So certainly worth noting there, How depending on how long that will linger. Moving to the 4 p.m. box scores. And as we said, Wolfpack, this is right after those games wrap up, so we don't have the exact snap counts, some of that usage that we were talking about. We just wanted to make some notes of anything that stood out from these 4 p.m. games. Uh, so just quickly first, looking at the Rams and Cardinals games, I thought Keontae Ingram playing far more work than everybody's going to Amari DiMarcado. Uh, everyone thought he was going to be the prize waiver wire possession. Keontae was the starter. He got the carries, 10 carries, 40 yards, didn't do a whole ton with it. But certainly, I, I don't know what the exact snaps will be. He definitely was the lead back here, though. Two catches for 11 yards as well. Just three touches for DiMarcado. Definitely a disappointing performance for him. Hopefully you did not stream him. I said to go to Solomon Ahmed instead of either of these guys that did end up being the right play. In the receiving game, it is worth noting Michael Wilson. We'll talk about him with the waivers as well, but leading the team with three catches, 62 yards on his four targets. Marquise Brown, definitely a disappointing effort with four catches, uh, 34 yards. And then Trey McBride outproducing Zach Ertz. Maybe there's a, a shifting of the guard here. McBride definitely has more juice as a player. Four catches, 62 yards, committed just two for 22. So definitely disappointing for Ertz there if you were starting him. And then on the Rams side, Kyron Williams, what a monster day. 20 carries, 158 yards, and a touchdown. And he only had about, I think he had like under a point in the first half. He really lit it up in the second half. They let him go, and man, did he thrive. I just This was one of the first times I really got to watch him extensively, and I loved what I saw. He is a hard-nosed runner, very good fit for the zone scheme. Cooper Cup, though. Seven catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Can we talk about him for a second? Like, how good is he's 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 so good. I mean, so he, good. he he just is. He's been backed for two games, and what did he go like eight for 118 last week? And yeah. and would you say seven for a buck 48 and a touchdown? Yeah. He's so good. Like, you know, we talk about you know Tyreek's the best receiver in the league, or like sometimes we'll say oh, it's Jamar Chase or it's Justin Jefferson. I've never wavered from if he's healthy, it's Cooper Cup. Yeah, like these days, I think he is. I think he is. So, at least in terms of fantasy production reliability, if I'm building a franchise, I probably would rather have Tyreek or Jamar Cooper Cup. But all all I'm saying is, when he's healthy, there, I don't think there's a better wide receiver than him. I'm not saying I wouldn't serve guys over him if I were actually starting a team. I would, but yeah, he could easily from this point on be the best receiver in fantasy, especially with Jefferson's injury. There's, there's no doubt about that. It did come at the expense of Puka. You know, last week they coexisted perfectly. Uh, four catches, 26 yards, seven targets were second high on the team, but a little concerning downturn. I'm a Puka owner here. I'm a Puka stand. I, I would be trying to buy low, though. I do, I do think they'll coexist better than this. The looks were there for Puka. They just barely missed on a couple, uh, especially one touchdown look. So he could get there. A.J. Brown, 130. I'm moving to the, the Eagles, losing to the Jets 14-20. to A.J. Brown, 131 yards on seven catches. That's now his fourth straight game with at four least 125 row. yards. Whew. 
This guy is an absolute stud. And again, came at the expense of Devonta Smith. We were higher, lower, Hail Mary. He was our lower. Oh, look, look. Even with a banged-up Jets secondary, didn't do a ton. Five catches, 44 yards. Swift was pretty disappointed today. Ten carries for 17 yeah, yards. Really but he bad. did get really involved bad. as a receiver. Eight catches, 41 yards. Did score as well. So he bailed himself out with the receiving usage. It's honestly awesome to see as down as it was as a rushing performance for him to see that he could also buoy the value out with a receiving game. He's a, he's a locked in RB1 every single week. Uh, great to see that. We did get game. We'll get mixing a little bit there, but not to a overly concerning rate. So that was my takeaways uh, from this Eagles team. Jalen Hurts, even on a bad looking day overall, three picks. He still was the number two quarterback in fantasy as of right now. Goff, the only quarterback outscoring him. So it goes to show you how damn like he, he can be bad and he'll still be great in fantasy. Unlike Zach Wilson, who can just be bad and always be bad. But yeah, he let a win. So why should I dump on him? Eight targets. Uh, actually, rather, 12 targets, eight catches for Garrett Wilson. That's his, uh, I believe he's averaging 11 targets a game, maybe even more than that after this performance. 90 yards on it. So he has been actually Zach Wilson proof this year. A very hard thing to do. Uh, he, he's playing well. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that Zach Wilson's good. I'm not going to do that. But I do just want to say, just in a vacuum, they're three and three. They've beaten the Bills and they've beaten the Eagles. Yeah. So and they lost and they lost to the Chiefs like 23 to 20. They could have beat the Chiefs on Sunday. They absolutely could have beat the Chiefs. Look at look at their resume. They played like the best three teams, arguably. I mean, other than maybe the 49ers in the NFL. And they beat two of them, and they should have probably beaten the third one. And Zach Wilson's been their starting quarterback every single game. It's How good crazy. is that defense, huh? <laughs> that, it's really what it is, the defense. But he's at least playing serviceable. He's not killing them with bad turnovers and, and ruining the field position game. He's playing smarter ball, and he's slinging it out better, and he, at least he's getting it. Garrett Wilson as well as Brees Hall, who dominated the workload yet again. 12 carries, 39, a touchdown but also five catches, 54 yards through the air. You'll love to see him getting used that way. The true three-down back he is. Just a great, another encouraging feather. A great defense that he's facing there. The Eagles to be a top-ten running back against them. He was one of our higher lower Hail Marys. Definitely came through for us. We mentioned Ramondre and Zeke both scoring touchdowns. Zeke almost having a, a huge day with a 75-yarder called back. The big other takeaway for the Pats, though, is 10 catches on 11 targets for Kendrick Bourne. He has had a special relationship with Mack. I just don't know how long Max going to be lasting here. I wonder if he's going to get benched at this point. But it was good to see Kendrick Bourne regaining that value that we saw in week one where he dominated. Really nobody else close to him. The next closest guy was Stevenson with six targets. Uh, all the other receivers just complete and distant. There's Hunter Henry we thought could be a reliable tight end. One catch, seven yards, three targets. Ugh. Not Nothing else other than Kendrick Bourne, Ramondre here. And even then, it's pretty thin. Uh, you, you don't want pieces of this offense typically. And we oh, mentioned yeah. Garoppolo got hurt. Jacobs, 25 carries, 77 yards. He's been an absolute workhorse this year, but he's been so damn inefficient. Those long runs, not there as they had been the years past. This week, two catches, 16 yards. We had been getting better receiving involvement for Jacobs. Just a ho-hum med day for him and really the entire offense. Five catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown for Myers. The big thing is, again, outproducing Devontae Adams, who had just five targets, two catches, 29 yards. Seven targets for Myers leading the way. Not typically what you see. Even Michael Mayer actually out-targeting Devontae Adams. Six targets for him. Catches 75 yards. A talented kid. Rookie there out of Notre Dame. He should be on that wave wire list too. So Michael Mayer, a guy to keep your eyes on as well. Oh, and then the Lions. I guess we uh, quickly mentioned already David Montgomery got hurt. 
Craig Reynolds did not do much. 10 carries, 15 yards, no scores, but did fall in two catches for 28 yards. Could be a viable streamer given how good this offense is. It was more so just the Jared Goff show. Right now, the highest scoring quarterback, 353 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, one of them to Amon Ross St. Brown, 15 targets, 12 catches, 124 yards, and a score. And then Jamison Williams falling in a 45-yard bomb. Great to see him coming to life. It could be the springboard. I uh, had some nice run blocking, too. It's something Dan Campbell get really fired up about. Could see him really quickly demanding that every time roll. Uh, we did see him get the same amount of targets as Josh Reynolds, three catches, 50 yards. The other big takeaway, he's not going to show up fantasy scoring-wise. Laporta, just four catches, 36 yards, but a whopping 11 targets. Yeah, I hate that he didn't do more with them, but if you see your tight end getting 11 targets, you can't feel too bad about it, even though the day was not huge for him. All right, let's get into the waiver wire real quick. Uh, it's 8.40 right now. Uh, about nine and a half minutes to go in the Buffalo Giants first quarter. It is scoreless right now. Jordan Mason at 5%, Eli Mitchell at 28%. The obvious, the, the reason those guys are on the list is, is pretty obvious with the oblique injury to Christian McCaffrey. We don't know how serious it's going to be. We don't know if he's going to miss time. If he is going to miss time, we don't know how much that's going to be. But you you introduced me to the term of value holes. San Francisco running back is obviously like a, a major league value hole. These are the guys most likely to be filling it if McCaffrey misses any sort of significant amount of time. So obviously, you know, take a stab at one of these guys. If you think, uh, if, if, you know, just take a stab, roll the dice, see what you can do. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, we'll definitely have more info on Tuesday. I go live 7 p.m. Come to that waiver wire show where we'll get a little bit of a better sense of what McCaffrey's status is. It does seem like Mason, the one you want here, he played 15 snaps after the injury compared to just two for Eli Mitchell. He definitely ran better as well. Five carries for 27 yards and a touchdown. This is back-to-back weeks here for Jordan Mason with a score. The first time, though, we've seen him play significantly ahead of Jordan Mitchell, I mean, Eli Mitchell, rather, here in Mason. A 92.5 PFF grade over these last two seasons. I know it's been limited work, but he's been really impressive. He's a favorite of Grant Cohen. One of our guys, uh, the beat writer there for the 49ers. So I really like Jordan Mason. If he's going to be uh, the the lead back here, it's looking like if any McCaffrey's going to miss any time, it's his job to have. After him, though, the next guy on my list would be Kareem Hunt. He's 36% rostered, 12 carries, 47 yards, and a score running hard, looking solid. The line in general blowing this 49ers impressive front seven off the ball. So great to see this team regaining what they do best. Three catches for 24 yards as well for Kareem Hunt. Uh, the other guy back you want to look at is potentially Keontae Ingram. He clearly started ahead of Amari DiMarcado. He had you know, 12 touches compared to just three for DiMarcado, only 20% rostered. So the reports of him being ahead on the depth chart for Keontae Ingram were very, very much true. So definitely something to check there uh, if he's out there in your league getting a starting running back. But an offense that's not great, but certainly can ride a workhorse. You could do worse as a plug-in streamer. Maybe Craig Reynolds, also a streamer as well. 1% rostered here. Uh, it ultimately comes down to what David Montgomery's status is, but we know they're not going to want to turn the keys completely over to Gibbs, even if uh, he is back and Montgomery's out. And there's a chance both of them are out, in which case Craig Reynolds would be a uh, top end you know, running back too, potentially. The guy has gotten it done when he gets used. So something to consider there. Those are all the running backs we have on our early waiver wire list. Do you want me just to keep ripping through them? Truth yeah, run the next few. I'll actually, I'll be right back. I got to go take care of something real fast. Go ahead. Absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, JSN, Jackson Smith, Najigbu, 48% roster. There's a decent chance he's not out there in your league, although in some of the competitive leagues I'm in, I've seen him dropped. He had a, a, the bye week last week, had done nothing yet, the lowest A dot in the league. 
not a, a huge day today. Ultimately had five targets, four catches, 48. It's his best professional day, though, so far. And 52 snaps compared to 57 for Metcalf, 56 for Lockett. He was the big thing out there for 39 of the 42 routes. He tied Lockett and Metcalf for route share. So it was clear. They schemed him up more for coming out of the bye. He didn't do much to disappoint him, too. Again, eight yards, four catches, his best day. Uh, potentially had a touchdown mixed in there. So it's tough to toss him in quite yet, but great to see that JSN is playing right now. And if anything happened to either of those lead guys, who could be a monster. For now, it's a tough target share to contend with, but I still believe in the talent. Remember, this guy outplayed, outproduced Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the same team. Rashid Shahid, 85 yards, touchdown, big play threat, two catches, six targets. It's just three straight weeks now with six or more targets. It doesn't get a ton of the balls hauled in, but when he does, it seems to be a big play. We got, we said, 350 yards for Derek Carr. The passing pie is bigging, uh, bigger and growing here with him getting healthier, Derek Carr. And Shahid's been a big part of it. 62 of the possible 75 snaps there. So he is close to an every-down player. Uh, behind, of course, Thomas and Olave, but the big play threat here looking solid um, there for that. That, that was Rashid Shahid. I'm moving the banners here. Michael Wilson. Leading the team in receiving four targets, three catches, 62 yards, dropped by a lot of people after last week's dud. Still think there's a chance Marquise Brown gets moved at the trade deadline. Either way, we know Wilson has it carved out a role. He's about an every snap player today. Uh, we, he can get it done over the middle of the field, deep down the sideline, and we've seen two touchdown days out of the kid. So if he got dropped by an impatient owner, still think he is well worth rostering. And then at tight end, we mentioned Trey McBride taking over for Zach Ertz, who is a big faller this week. Four catches, 62 yards, and five targets for Trey McBride. Looking very, very solid out there and wanted to toss out again. The, we're talking about another rookie tight end. Um, ultimately, Michael Mayer there for the Raiders. Six targets, five catches, 75 yards, a team high in yardage. Big 32-yard catch, making tackles, breaking tackles. Looking great after the reception, uh, just like he did with Notre Dame. So big stuff there for Michael Mayer. Nice week as well. And then the last one to toss out there is quarterback Gardner Minshew. If you're in a two QB league or need a bye week fill in, wasn't pretty, but he did throw the ball a whopping 55 times, 33 completions for 329 yards, one score. The three picks were gross. Can't say it was pretty. He took a bunch of sacks, a lot of them, including one fumble on those. It just were his fault. He was holding the ball too long. But they ultimately, what we were hoping to see, they kept the, the pedal to the metal. They kept the pace flying around. And 55 pass attempts is no joke. Uh, the defense continues to blow as well. So we know they're going to have to chuck and keep pace with other people. Good to see Minshew. If you're desperate for a QB, you lost Anthony Richardson, who's likely to be out for the year, is the latest report here. Another reason why Minshew's on this list. He could do You can do worse than a team running the, the fourth most plays in the NFL, passing the ball right now at uh, top five over expectation rate, too. Minshew's got the weapons. He's got the arm. There'll be better days ahead, in my opinion. That's it, right? That's all of it. We'll pack rosaryjoe.com where you can find all our recap. I'll update the rest of the season big board tomorrow. I'll have my week seven rankings out there for you by tomorrow night. By kickoff of the Monday night game is always my goal. CJ will have the early waiver wire clips out, uh, the article out there as well. But you can check out all that content again at rotostreetjournal.com. We breed and feed you fancy wolves. On your way out, the thumbs up button would be so greatly appreciated if you liked what you heard today, you found it helpful. I'll be live to dive into these waiver wire picks in even more detail. Thursday, uh, no, Tuesday, rather, Tuesday, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Find me there. I'll go in more depth. I'll answer all your questions about it, Wolfpack. Uh, but thank you again so much for being here with us. I know we got some angry people, T. Higgins. 
uh, you know, th- th- we got a lot of people bemoaning some of our uh, people, but we also got people saying Kyron freaking Williams, boys. Yeah, I love the chat getting after it today. Uh, good stuff. We'll be taking all those questions again on Tuesday. That's where we go. Wellness check on Denny Jennings for uh, from David Campanelli. Comment of the night. I hope you're okay out there, Denny Jennings, uh, wherever you are. I'm sure you're drunk and uh, deservedly so after that horrible loss. Wellness check indeed. In a world for the fancy sheep, guys, be the wolf. Thanks again so much. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Later. We Later. used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.